And that was just recorded, and I'm so sorry uh, for everybody at home who just had to hear uh, an adult woman's voice crack. But um, you were in a Cameron Esposito same-sex symbol t-shirt. Thank you so much for wearing that t-shirt. You look great in it. Look at that shirt. Clap for that shirt. You know what's amazing is that I have a co-host on this show, and she actually designed that shirt, so she's going to come out right now. Rhea Butcher, get out here. Oh, hello. I started talking yo, before I came out. Yo, check it out. Great shirt. There it is. Did you almost fall? No. That was on purpose. That, you got to close that. That's way too... Uh, it's very vaginal from this angle. Oh, please. Angle. That's disgusting. <laughs> I'm furious with you that you said <laughs> that's disgusting. Kidding. That's not the message we're trying to send these people. I know, you're I was right. Like, I, I was know. complimenting this thing <laughs> by saying it looked like a vagina. Oh. My highest compliment. No, that, I just meant it would be distracting because it looks too good. You misunderstood me because what I was saying is that's disgusting that you think I should change it yeah. to look less vaginal. Well, it was fun walking, watching you walk out of there. Actually, what was nice about it was that you just walked upright, which, right. which is like... That's how I was born. Yes, I know. I, I know. just walked and you right were, out of you that were vagina. These proportions, you were yeah. these proportions, yeah. I just but went. small. Hello! Like an action figure. Right. Like one of them action figures. <laughs> Fully posable. What was that sound you were just singing while you... The sound or the song? It just sounded like the way you amplified the sound of a poseable action figure was also the beginning of Footloose. Did anybody else hear that? And I was like, you know, hay bales and stuff. Sure. Yeah. You know, like I just thought that was going to happen. And I was... Yeah. I, so I didn't know where you were going to go with it. Kevin Bacon. Glitter! I always <laughs> want to know whenever I watch that movie if you guys have... How many people have seen Footloose? The original one. Okay. That's an insane question. Also, fuck you for saying the original one. Well, it's not my fault they made another one. <laughs> but, like, you shouldn't have to. You should I trust. Have to, I trust our audience. Fault. I trust our audience. What if, what if we were, anybody here seen Footloose and you guys were like, oh, the one from a couple years ago? No! Get out of here! Anybody here seen Grease? Oh, what? Grease 2 with Michelle Pfeiffer? Of course that's not what I'm talking about! <laughs> Apologies. Sorry. Sorry. What were you going to say? No, what I was going to say is every time I see the end of Footloose, I just wonder, like, how who prepared the glitter cannon? Do you At know? The dance party. Uh, because number they one, weren't allowed to dance. Great question. And then all of a sudden they have a glitter cannon. Yes. That Kevin Bacon's like, what's that? somebody's just like, if it ever becomes like, legal who's again, yeah. <laughs> I got a glitter well, cannon. I would like to I'm add to that that my older sister is, uh, was, so I grew up like, 
I was at an eye patch. You grew up yeah, I was, I was like, which both ways? And then it turned out just the one way and lesbian. Um, but <laughs> it was a bisexual joke. It was a, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but my sister, as you know, Rhea, because we're engaged fiancés yes. of each other. Which we are. One another. I was just like a little... Well, I'm doing these arms because I was just like broken all the time. I sure. just fell off of everything. I had an eye patch. I couldn't see nothing, and it fell down, and I really hurt my face all the time. A lot of stitches in. A real, just a real uh, piano player? Yeah, just a real... I was a real piano man back in the day. Billy Joel always said that to me. Um, no, I was just like a real... What's the peanut character that has like a dust bin around him? Pigpen. Yep, that's the one. Pigpen. That was me as a kid. And then my sister... Who's the one that seems like a real pigpen? I just can't think of his name. That's basically what you just said. (laughs) You're right. No, weirdly, I went with dustbin, which is like not what he is at all. And nobody even uses a dustbin anymore. Well, you were raised by your grandparents, so luckily you knew exactly what I meant. Um... (laughs) It's like one of them, uh, the talkies, right? You used to see them the talkies? Uh, no. My sister was, like, tall and lanky and perfect and never fell off of anything. (laughs) That bitch. (laughs) But, um... Not even the pedestal you put her on? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, sometimes she does have to come to my shows now. I mean, she doesn't have to, but she'll come, and then I'm like, oh, I guess I'll see you later. (laughs) You're like... No, like, I always, like, I just always, like, get back here, Bexton. You know, like, look at all this popcorn I got for free. <laughs> Why is it in this dustbin? <laughs> <laughs> so, her dance teacher. Yes. At the end of the end of Footloose. <laughs> the end of the dance sequence, there's one woman who comes, like, to the middle, like, they, they've all been, like, but, you know, because they, the funny thing is also that they're dancing at the camera, and then they peel off, right. which is amazing thinking about, I mean, obviously, we understand how movies are made, we understand there's a camera, but it's also funny thinking about the party, where, because every, all the action is behind them, and then they just start walking towards a wall, presumably. Right. Yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> no, just dancing like this. Just getting, just getting out of the way of the wall. Exactly. <laughs> Coming to get out but of the, the way. last woman that goes through, she goes like boom and does like a huge kick, and that was my sister's dance teacher. I just remember we always had to watch it because she was like, "That's who I'm learning from," and I was like, "I, I am gay," you know. Like, I didn't know then, but <laughs> like that was never gonna be me. You sure. know what I mean? I was never. Lesbians aren't known for our high kicks. Is my point? Not so much, unless it's Although we women's sh- soccer. Yeah. Hey. And that's really more of like a, you know, a hopping sure, motion. Like um, follow through. <laughs> we, what have we been doing? Oh, we were going to talk about how on Monday is your comedy anniversary. It is my comedy anniversary. From when you started doing stand-up, yeah. At, when, at your show. Yeah, I used to, that's how we met. I used to host a show in Chicago, mm-hmm. and then Rhea came to that show, and I introduced you. You did time you ever did stand-up? Yeah. How's that, being brought on stage by a... a the the greatest <laughs> by a gay scarecrow. Huh? <laughs> it was great, not intimidating at all. No, it was very intimidating. You were was very it? intimidating at the time. Yeah, I was. Yeah. yeah. Why? Yeah, it was, it was so your friendly show. And small. And, sure, of course. Uh, but I hadn't done stand up before that, so okay. I was like scared out of my mind. So, what did you think it was going to be like? Um, like the end scene of Footloose. <laughs> 
thought there was going to be a glitter cannon. There was no glitter cannon. Um, I just got on stage and talked about how I look like Marty McFly, and that was about it. I thought you were brilliant. The first time you you ever did... Rhea hates it when I say this, but she was like a prodigy. The first time she ever walked on stage, I was just like, this kid's got it! (laughs) And by it, I mean my hand in marriage. (laughs) But I I, I thought you were... Well, what I was impressed with is that right away you talked about yourself, because a lot of comics start and they just tell... It's like six years of PBR jokes, and then... (laughs) Or, like, whatever's in vogue at the time. Like, when I started, it was, like, AIDS. In vogue. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm very I mean, old. Know, um, yeah. You are... 47! Right. <laughs> right. I mean, I, and this is... And I'm not saying that to... Like, I just mean... I think it's, like, whatever people are most nervous about at the time... Sure. It com- comes out. It's, like, people have this chance to have a microphone for the first time. And so it's, like, something they've been nervous about for their entire life. And so they're, like, oh, man, I'm going to get up on stage. I'm going to blow these people's minds by talking about something so controversial. And then you just have to sit through, like, 30 people being, like, I'm really scared that I'm going to contract HIV. <laughs> and then right. at the in between you have to be, like, it's treatable and you can live for a long time and it's like just like please get to a doctor and everything we wear a condom that's me resetting the room that's how i used to (laughs) yeah like 20 30 years ago this would have been more of a problem now it's like pretty that's this next comment you know um (laughs) it's like you know a lot of people live with it and it's totally you can be in a serial discordant relationship you know just say a lot of that stuff i just give a lot of like helpful you know it was a sexually transmitted open mic. Is what yeah, it was. <laughs> right. A lot of vaginas. Right. A lot of vagina curtains. So, a lot of vaginas is my alter ego. <laughs> Super good. That's from something. What is it from? A is lot it? of vagina. Jesus oh, Christ, Rhea. God damn it! Look what you did. You just Look, made I'm an sorry. Austin Powers joke. <laughs> Almost at your, at your four year. I you know. should quit. I should quit. You have to quit now. I think I just quit. <laughs> yeah, baby. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, let me ask you a question. Do you have like 20 to 30 minutes? It's just about how you have a lot of hair on your chest. <laughs> yeah. Just visually showing people lots bad of hair. teeth. Yeah. I just talk about how bad teeth. A lot teeth. of visual jokes in Austin Powers that are mostly just like, could you imagine if a body was this disgusting? <laughs> very mean of him to do that to men with lots of chest hair. Absolutely. I, I start, so you started when you were well, not discuss my age. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I look like I'm 12. I'd like to keep it that way. <laughs> yeah, this was an open mic at a bar, but you were eight. I was eight years old. <laughs> I look like a child now, but when I was a child, I looked like a man. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing that Benjamin Button thing? Absolutely. So Tiny little strong baby. <laughs> he was so strong. Such a strong little baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, strong baby for sure. Strong babies that are That baby's terrifying. like, introduce me to Kate Blanchett, you know? <laughs> Sorry. So, but you started doing improv before that. I did. But like in your late 20s. Yes. You're a very young woman who's not old. Yeah, but I started comedy when I was nineteen when I was in college, so right. I'm better than you. No, um, obviously. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> no, I. It was. It's interesting being in a relationship, and we had very different. 
ways of getting into this field. Like I started when I was 19 and I did comedy in college and then I got my first job doing improv the day I graduated from school and I had a day job and a night job for a really long time. I thought that's what everybody did. I thought forever because I didn't live in Los Angeles. If you don't live in Los Angeles, you don't know there's actually jobs in comedy. Did you know that? I know you live here now. Or jobs in entertainment at all. You're just like, this is what I do at night for nothing. You know, like I don't get I pay them. And that's true. That is what improv training centers are. So sorry, the UCB. Um, But it's also a great network of people to know. (laughs) But yeah. (laughs) But I I was a, I was a, I was a, I worked in schools for a long time as like a teacher. uh, And my students said I was not funny. Seems like you were probably funny. No, I was not funny. I was very no. stern. I was such a stern teacher. Did you put your hair up in like a bun that was lopsided? <laughs> I was just very much like, you know, just like, you got to get your shit together. You know, and I worked in special ed also. Sure. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That sounds very sensitive. <laughs> Then at night I would do comedy and then I didn't stop doing another job until I was in my late 20s when I stopped doing another job and then I started only doing comedy. So like moving to Los Angeles together because we moved here at the same time. We did two cars. We, we like caught up. We did. We, yeah, we drove two cars in tandem with walkie walkies. <laughs> but I feel like in a lot of ways we caught you, you caught up and have a lot to teach me which is also like a really crazy experience because I feel like this has been something I've been dedicated to for so long and then it's it's infuriating yeah. it really that it comes naturally to you <laughs> really makes me think who rescued who yeah exactly <laughs> you know who did Jaja Gabor as a tiny mouse and that I can't believe you guys don't know about the rescuers and that sucks that you don't I'm know I'm gonna about guess that this is a rescuers down under crowd ah! uh, the rescuers crowd <laughs> Shit, they don't know about either of those they things. They don't know either Zero laughs of recognition. I am very These were old. great Disney movies. There's like a mouse and another mouse. There was like an eagle in one of them. Okay? Jaja Gabor used to be a person. And Bob, Bob Newhart is the other voice. God, that's right. But yeah. I was like, eh, forgettable. Who's that? Anyway. You know what is an interesting fact about Bob Newhart, and then this will be the way we end this. Okay. Speaking of things, th- speaking of like uh, things to aspire to, you know, like when you started and you aspired to be, you know, just a, a, as close to me as you, as would have been possible. Right. And now I've done it. Given, <laughs> very close to you. Given that I was just so far ahead sure. and naturally talented. Um, but uh, we've talked about this, Bob. New- do you guys know? So Bob Newhart. Do you even know who I'm talking about? You're very young. <laughs> He had multiple television shows. And if you know him from his television shows, he has like a sputtery, nervous character and uh, who's like maybe a dentist or something. It's like, he, he runs and, yeah, that's right. He he's, wants a mouth. Right. He's like, open your mouth. And how do you feel about that? Because um, he's a psychiatrist, not a dentist. <laughs> but when he released his debut album, when he released his debut album, it was, it won the... Grammy for best album 
of the year, period. Not comedy, of the year. You know who else released a huge album that year? Elvis Presley. I think it was 1967 or 76. One of those 67. Two. It's definitely going to be 67. Yeah, you're right. I forgot. 76, everybody had long hair, and they are like, we're not going! Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, was a, he was a rock star. Yeah. He was the biggest rock star of his day. Bob Newhart. I'm serious. Like, that is... Yeah, he, thank Old you. That biggest rock star of his day. He sold more albums than anybody else. He has, like, the, the number, one of the number one selling records of all time. And it's uh, him, like, making phone calls to himself. Because comedy was different. But my point is... <laughs> my point is, uh, there's a lot to aspire to still, even sure. yet. Even four years in, and you're killing it. And how many ever years I am in. If I started at 19, I'm at 33 now. That's 14 years? Is that how it works? Is that how that works? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I have still yet to outsell Elvis. Yeah. You're getting close. I am getting close. I'm hoping to have the best rap album one day. <laughs> you guys, that's Rhea Butcher. That's Cameron Esposito. The beginning of the show is just that Rhea and I talk to each other. It's very relaxing and soothing, and I love welcoming you that way to the show. And now, are you ready for the hits? Are you guys ready for great comics doing great material? I know you are, the audience. <laughs> Just, but still a very high pitch. Woo, woo! I want it. I want it guttural. When I announce this comic, I want a guttural roar from you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I think it's his first time on the show. It's definitely the first time I've introduced him on this show. Let's hear it right now for Jono's Lay guys. Give it up for Jono! Come on! Quick correction right off the top. Second time on the show. But it is her first time introducing me. So she was right for half of that statement. All right. So, guys, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take is the theme of every AA meeting. Oh, they miss those shots so bad. They wish they could have some right now. Those shots they don't take. Uh, <laughs> I think it's unfair that women get judged not only for what they do, but how they look while they're doing it. That's why I have so much respect for the band Pussy Riot, the Russian punk rock group that wears ski masks. Can't judge them now, can you? I respect that, respect that, especially because that cannot be comfortable <laughs> to wear a sweater on your face as you scream in Russian. <laughs> but they did it. There are 11 members of Pussy Riot, but a few of them were arrested and unmasked, and that's when it was revealed that one of the members of Pussy Riot is smoking hot. <laughs> Disarmingly beautiful, supermodel hot, 
And it's not like the other ones are hideous or anything. They're normal-looking women. <laughs> but still, at some point, there must have been a band meeting. All right, looks like the vote is 10 to 1. We're wearing ski masks. <laughs> We're all about the music. <laughs> Natasha. There's a growing group of people around the country that are not getting their children vaccinated based uh, on the fact they think that it causes autism. Um, Despite the fact there's no real scientific evidence to back that up, Uh, which is ironic because there is some scientific evidence dealing with autism. They found that it's associated with a gene that's linked to higher intelligence. So smarter parents have a greater risk of their children developing autism. Which is a catch-22, because if you're the kind of parent that doesn't get your child vaccinated based on irrational fear, (laughs) you're not smart enough for your child to get autism. (laughs) You're just dumb enough for your child to get whooping cough. Mumps. A bunch of other stuff we cured 50 years ago. You'd say, oh, Jonna, what about Jenny McCarthy? She has an autistic child. Clearly, she's dumb as a pile of bricks. (laughs) Good point. Other than, do you know who that child's father is? Exactly. Some random guy who had sex with Jenny McCarthy. Clearly a genius. (laughs) how hard it is for a non-celebrity to have sex with someone like Jenny McCarthy? That guy's like Copernicus. <laughs> Copernicus wishes he was that guy. Copernicus discovered that the Earth travels around the sun and people liked him less. You think you wouldn't trade that in for some Jenny McCarthy pussy? Come on. In a heartbeat. Times. Um... Oh, there's a national shortage of the drug they use for lethal injection. In fact, Texas is down to its final dose. So they're going to save it for someone who's, like, really black. (laughs) Yes. Yes, they're very racist down there. Racism had a big year. Racism is back. Some say it never left. There's a popular notion that racial bigotry is taught, that it's a learned behavior. They actually found the opposite. Uh, You have to teach tolerance because babies are racist. (laughs) Yeah, they did a study where they had a white baby divide up toys between a white person and a minority. They found it gave more toys to the white person, less the minority. Babies are racist. (laughs) Which is disheartening. But the good news is that it doesn't matter. What's a baby going to (laughs) do? If you see a baby in public, it's not going to yell the (laughs) N-word. But rest assured, it's thinking it. (laughs) One more reason to distrust babies. (laughs) Got uh, gay marriage nationwide. 
As if housing prices weren't high enough. They're gentrifying our most affordable neighborhoods. I don't know what gays are doing to marriage, but they're ruining the institution of poverty. Where am I supposed to live? I guess the next thing to be uh, regulated would be uh, gay adoption. Uh, I'm surprised so many Christians are against gay adoption, considering Jesus had two dads. (laughs) According to them. Do you guys ever think no one ever came back in a time machine because in the future everything just works out? (laughs) There was nothing to come back and change. We did it. We're the best. (laughs) Think about the time travel question is everyone's first response when asked what would you do with a time machine is to go back and kill Hitler. Number one answer. And uh, my issue with that is never is the question phrased, who would you go back and kill? (laughs) I would not go back and kill somebody. I'd go back and be somebody. (laughs) Why not go back to the same time in German history? Run against Hitler and win. Put a campaign together, you lazy time travel murderers. <laughs> Think of the good you could have accomplished. If that doesn't work out, go back even earlier. Marry Hitler's mom, raise him Jewish. <laughs> Problem solved. And you get to fuck Hitler's mom. You could tell him every morning, too, Adolf, I fucked your mom. What's he going to do? He's a nice Jewish boy now. <laughs> all right, that's all for me. My name's John Zalea. I'm out of here. John Zalea, you guys. Oh, man, we're going to keep this awesome show right on rolling. This next comic, it is her first time on the show, and we love to go crazy for comics when it's their first time. And she also walked, I believe, two walked. 2,000 miles across this great country of ours to do stand-up comedy. And that is a feat you can clap for. <laughs> feat you can clap for. You guys give it up for Jessica Watkins. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I actually was here once once before, right after the walk, so it's very exciting to be back here. Um, I did. I walked, uh, I walked across America for nine months. Thank you. Thanks. I'm better than all of you. Um, I've been back for a while now. Everything's fine. (laughs) I'm fine. Um, Back to normal, you know? Walking. Crazy. Okay, let me tell you about it, guys. Uh, Favorite person I met along the way? The American Patriot. You guys know him? Uh, They're like, God bless America. Greatest country the world's ever known. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm walking across it. And then they were like, nothing but murderers out there. I hope you know it. (laughs) They love America, but they're terrified of everyone in America. I realized that we're all pretty scared when I was walking, but can you blame it? Did you guys hear about all those people that died everywhere (laughs) all the time? We're all dying. Uh, So, you know, I I did realize that people were, like, fearful. That was a big thing. Everyone was telling me to be careful on the walk. You know, they're like, a woman walking. Yeah, women. 
fucking walking, you know? It's crazy. They were like, I felt like I was treated differently because I was a woman, believe it or not. <laughs> um, they, I, <laughs> I felt like people asked me questions that they would have never asked a, a man walking across the country, you know? Like, you wouldn't have seen a dude walking across the country and be like, oh, cool, you starting in Delaware? You going through a breakup? <laughs> you know? I did a radio show in Arkansas, and the guy asked me, he was like, so you walked all this way and you've never been raped. I was like, no, not since that first time, about 15 years ago. Thanks for asking, local Arkansas DJ. Glad we could talk about it on the airwaves. Uh, appreciate your concern, uh, Seth. Um, yeah, uh, people were, uh, I don't know, they are like, what if, there's crazy people out there. What if they have a gun, you know? And it's true. There are crazy people out there, and they do have guns, but they are cops, so I was fine. That's not how white people die, so I was good. Uh, yeah, guys, I walked, I walked, I pushed a cart. Mm-hmm, it gets more homeless. I pushed a cart. Uh, just fucking, yeah, it was crazy. I can't on, like, the side of roads... I couch surfed, if you guys know about that. I did warm showers, which is kind of like couch surfing. It sounds a little like an elderly dating site. <laughs> like, I might not be able to get it up, but I can promise you a warm shower at the end of the night. <laughs> Sweetheart. And I also stayed with complete strangers because I lived off the kindness of strangers for, for those nine months, which is pretty amazing. And I would stay with complete strangers. Like I, one time I just met some people at a bar and I like went home with them, which that's crazy to just meet strangers and go home with them and not fuck them. <laughs> you know, like maybe we should just for collateral. I'm pretty good. No. Okay. Good night. Um, see you in the morning. Uh, yeah, it was very, uh, very strange experience, but uh, rewarding, you know. Uh, look at me now. <laughs> Doing great. Doing great. Um, I, uh, I'm going to look at this list real quick. Love you all. Um, oh, yeah, so I did a bunch of crazy stuff along the way. I did, I went uh, skydiving for free, which was awesome. Anybody have ever been skydiving? Okay, cool. I would never want to go, but I did. They like, they asked me if I wanted to do it for free. And I was like, yeah, it turns out skydivers also all do cocaine. <laughs> all of them. So I went to Tennessee to meet with the guy who was going to take me skydiving. And he was like, we got to go visit my brother real quick. And I was like, all right, <laughs> let's do that. And so we started driving, and then we went up just this dirt road into the middle of nowhere. had no idea where I was going. And I'm just like, okay, cool. This is how it's going to go down. <laughs> this is the beginning of my Lifetime movie, you know? It'll probably be a flashback. Like, it'll start here, and then they'll go back to the... And the but this will be the murder part uh, of the movie. And so we went up to this cabin, and then he opened a safe, and he just started weighing out cocaine in front of me. And he was like, I don't know why, I just trust you. <laughs> and now I tell that on stage. <laughs> so he's really just a poor judge of character, uh, if anything. Um, I met other people that were walking across the country. I met, so when I was in Tennessee, I met these two guys. I went to a gas station to just take a piss. 
and uh, I saw two walking sticks and then two backpacks and these two guys. And I was like, are you guys, you know, you're hiking? Yeah, you're walking across America? Me too. Crazy. And then when they got up, I realized they both had Bibles in front of them. And I was like, oh, we are on different adventures. <laughs> here and they told me they were walking because God had told them to do it and they're like why did you do it and I was like gotta get that weed (laughs) you know gotta get that weed Uh, and I myself went through a pretty heavy Jesus phase when I was 15 which I think we can all agree is the worst of all the phases that you can go through I was afraid I was a lesbian. Uh, Pretty much because I played competitive softball for 10 years of my life. And I like to wear sports brawls and I like to fix stuff and I love to eat pussy, you know? (laughs) Like, maybe I'm gay. I don't know. I went to church. I'm not. Um, I just like to hike, (laughs) really. And eat pussy, of course. But, um, yeah, so now I'm just back to normal life as it were you know everything's uh, going on there's elections that are happening i um i actually watched the republican debate i don't know if you guys did i hope not um oh one person's like whoa no leave um just kidding but i watched it because you know you want to stay informed or whatever and uh it's so weird. Like, the whole talk about human life, like, I care about the human life. Like, okay, you're against abortion. Like, that's not really, care- you know, like, you're against abortion, but you're for the death penalty. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you're against abortion, but you're for killing someone who might have killed someone else. I mean, by that theory, you should really be for my abortion, because that kid would have totally killed my social life. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> Ladies! <laughs> Let's go out, you know? Um... <laughs> not social life but no they're they're like always talking about how they care about the human life but it doesn't seem like they care about immigrant lives (laughs) you know what i mean i feel like maybe they get more behind abortion if instead of saying aborting a fetus we said deporting a fetus (laughs) like no no it's not an abortion it's a deportion (laughs) you see this baby entered my body illegally (laughs) and now i'm gonna go ahead and deport him up to heaven okay (laughs) no baby's left behind oh The actual last question that they asked at the Republican debate was, has God spoken to you about what to do with the presidency? That was literally the last question they asked for the presidency of the United States was, has God spoken to you about what to do with the presidency? They might have asked, who would Jesus vote for? You know, and the answer is no one. He can't. He's not an American. Okay? (laughs) Common misconception in the South. Jesus, actually from a Middle Eastern country, much like the ones that we're at war with. We're basically killing Jesuses, okay? Is what I'm trying to say. Um, God, I joke about abortion, but I've never had one. Um, But I would have one in a little baby's heartbeat. Just not ready, you know? Not ready right now. Uh, (laughs) Guys, you've been great. Thanks. I'm Jessica Watkins. guys so two people in a row have done the show before and yet brand new to Rhea and I and isn't that sense of childlike wonder what you like about us the most it's as if we know nobody I don't know my closest friends when I invite them over I'm like it's gonna be the first time you come to this house which is legitimately true. My friends have nicer homes than I do. So we go there. 
live in a shitty one-bedroom, two-bathroom apartment. What did you say? That's what I said. I live in a one-bedroom, two-bathroom apartment. I live in a one-bedroom, two-bathroom apartment. Which is, by the way, the fucking best. If you want to know what the best way is to live, be in a couple, and then just have a whole other bathroom that either of you could poop in and nobody even knows. Or just, like, you can do whatever in there. Seriously. It is the greatest. And in our main bathroom, two sinks. We got one of them double vanities. You guys understand what I'm saying? We have three available bathroom sinks in a one-bedroom apartment. We have one bedroom and two guest sinks. This is the only way to live, especially if you're both women. Am I right? Where are we going to keep our makeup? We, not on our faces. We don't wear it. Um, like a little bit. Like a little teeny weeny bit. Like a teeny weeny bit. Like just a little bit. Just keep it. Oh, just keep it not so shiny. You know, just keep that. Just kind of keep that shine down. You know what I love is I love being... This is going to be unrelatable, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know what I love is I love being in television and the movies. Because <laughs> then a lady does my makeup for me. Sometimes a man. Only one time, honestly. I'm being real with you. One time it was a man. It's, ni- it's mostly ladies. And they do the makeup for you on your face. Did you know that? You don't have to do it yourself. They make you look beautiful. I always say, I always say pop the cheekbones, you know, because I got great cheekbones. And sometimes I think people get a little weirded out. Like, if I show up with this haircut, this outfit, then they're like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> sometimes they're like, what do you want me to do? What do you, what do you want me to do? Because I think they expect me to be like, nothing! But like, Jesus Christ, I mean, I'm on camera. Are you kidding me? Like, I'm gay, but I'm vain, you know? <laughs> and also, the thing is, our televisions are so good and our, and our cameras are so good now. If you're on television and you don't have makeup on, you look like, a, you look like some, you, something terrible. You look like a Doctor Who villain. Just skin stretched over a sheet. You know, just like terrible. Something terrible has happened. You for sure need makeup. You for sure need makeup. You know who's the most difficult person to put makeup on? Per- person? People? Men. Men. I always ask, like, who is it so hard? And they're like, men, because they think they need nothing. Oh, please! You need to get your groom on your little beard and stuff. That's true. Somebody has touched their beards. If you see a dude on television, he has recently, his beard has been touched. (laughs) But I love it. I love when push and put some makeup on my face. I never learned how to do it because I just don't care about doing it myself. But But that, I don't want that to lead you guys to believe that I don't like wearing makeup. Especially because, like, I understand I have some... I have... I am a... I'm a hazy shade of gender where um, a lot of things are going on. And that's what this haircut means. And (laughs) trying to explain it to you. Literally, just every... Just sometimes people are like, wait a minute, did you mean to do... It's it's almost like two things at once. I'm like, exactly! Um, I want a vest, but I want it tight and show the boobs. You know, like that kind of thing. So, my point is, I love wearing makeup. I love wearing makeup because it makes me feel like David Bowie. <laughs> like, I feel like when sometimes when people have, we've, for some reason, we've, like, feminized makeup. 
And I think we forgot all about this time period, like the 70s and 80s, when like all of the like the sexiest like. Because remember when Lenny Kravis's ween ween popped out, (laughs) and then you realize that men don't wear underwear under leather pants, and that was revelatory. Like it makes sense, but I just was like, oh yeah, that's how you get the outline. (laughs) You can't wear nothing, but then you gotta wear a ring. To keep it plumped. See <laughs> what I'm talking about? You don't know what I'm talking about? Lenny Kravitz was giving a performance of music, and he bent down, and his leather pants split open, and his penis, which was attached to his body, was revealed to the crowd, and at the base of the penis, he was wearing a cock ring, which makes perfect sense. I just never thought of it before. <laughs> Because the point of that is just kind of like, just kind of get things going. And that's absolutely what you want to look like when you're on stage. Although how uncomfortable and distracting, you know, it really gives me a lot of respect for him because he's had a long career. That's a lot of nights. Just like, oh, I'm exhausted. All right, put it on. My point is. <laughs> and you have to be, I think you have to, I don't know if this is true, but I think you have to be like a little bit hard already just to even get it on. I mean, if you think about how like, a, you know, you can't. <laughs> If you think about putting like a wedding ring on a jello shot, you know, it's not gonna work. <laughs> well, you gotta put the jello in the freezer first, is my point. But we forget all about this time, because I was looking at pictures of Iggy Pop, like old pictures of Iggy Pop where, his, where he's dancing, and you know, I mean, I, of course, I remember how Iggy. I don't remember, but I've seen pictures of how Iggy Pop danced, and it's always like very like, you know, but when you look back at those pictures, you're like, he's just caressing his middle, he's just, his breasts are out, but they're very taut. He's got a lot of, and I don't know when we lost that. I don't know when men were not allowed to wear just like a little nice tasteful eyeliner. My point is, I'm bringing back male eyeliner, and I'm doing it as a woman, so I'm working from the outside from the inside. Yeah, you should clap for that. That was brilliant. Now, speaking of 70s icons, this next comic is a hilarious dude, and I fucking love him. And recently, a couple weeks ago, I got to go see Elton John perform with this gentleman. I was with, like, a couple other dude comics, and there was a very strange situation because I was the only woman. It was We were at the Outside Lands Festival, which is a music festival in San Francisco, and I was the only woman on the show that night. And so then we went from our show, our comedy show, to watch Elton John, and I realized, like, I was in this crazy moment where, like, as as a woman, I love being a woman in comedy because there's a moment where you're just like, yeah, I'm one of the boys. Like, it feels great. There's something great to that until you're at an Elton John concert and you just want to look somebody in the eyes and you just want to sing every word to Tiny Dancer and none of those fucking beards knows it. (laughs) Stupid. This gentleman... He knew a lot of the words to most of the songs. He allowed me to put my arm around his shoulder and ducked a little because he's taller. We did look into each other's eyes multiple times, and I love him for it forever. Let's hear it right now for Joe DeRosa. Give it up for Cameron. Let her hear it, everybody. We did. We saw the Elton John. I, um... Well, people, I have uh, had a bit of a prostate issue. Uh, 
Nothing serious, but I, the doctor, the urologist, uh, told me a month ago you have to go get a semen culture done, which means they need your jizz. Uh, so I went today. I had to get a urinalysis. It's a true story. I had to get a urinalysis and a semen culture done today. So I go in, and the lady puts two cups... It's an office building. They just have one of the suites in the office building. She puts two cups up on the counter. She goes, okay, out the front door of our office, walk down the hall, take a left. There's the bathroom. I was like, oh, yeah, for the pee, right? Uh, Or for both. And she's like, no, 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 for both. I was like, yeah, that's going to be a bit of a problem. First of all, I thought jerking off in public was a felony or something like that. Pee Wee Herman went to jail for it like 20 years ago. The good news is, I guess, if you want to jerk off in public, you're apparently allowed to just have a cup there. And say it's for your doctor. Because, you know, you're really in the mood, man. Standing in an office that smells vaguely like urine already. Speaking to a 68-year-old... Ukrainian woman with an arm brace on. You know, yeah, now now, it's fuck time right now. (laughs) Who is jerking off in the public bathroom and getting it done? If I jerk off in my house, full silence, full concentration, but still no lube, no visual aids, 90 minutes, easily. 90 minutes, 90 solid minutes. Who is able to jerk off fucking freestyle in the bathroom, no magazine, nothing? I don't understand. Can you, and I don't, I was like, I can't go do it at home. She goes, take it home. I mean, it's so ridiculous. She said, take it home. And I was, I was like, you, I can't, because I have to masturbate with lube. And then the lube's going to get in my semen culture. You know, and they're going to be like, something's really fucking wrong with you, dude. You're, your jizz has aloe in it. <laughs> Um, anyway, I uh, turned 38 last week. Uh, on yeah, <laughs> on my birthday, a woman got so mad at me, she threw a drink on me, which I didn't know anybody's done that since 1947, but apparently it still happens <laughs> once in a while. Threw a drink on me. You know what I did, sir? Threw my drink right back on her. Because I'm a feminist and I believe in equality, people. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I realized in that moment, I was like, oh, my God, I've done two things consistently well for most of my life. Stand-up is one of them, I'd like to think. The other is infuriating women. I've had so many women get so mad at me. Just everything's fine, then they want to kill me. And I started to really think about it. I was like, what, what's wrong with me, man? Do I come off like a chauvinist or something like that? And I realized... That's not what it is. I don't, I don't think I'm a chauvinist. Deep down, uh, women, when, they, when you meet me, you want to fight me, okay? Like fist fight me. Uh, because deep down, I am also a woman, okay? But I'm not a good woman. I'm like a Beverly Hills housewives, real housewives type of woman, you know? I'm a real bitey, hair-pulley woman, you know what I mean? 
So I think I just push the wrong buttons with women, and then they just want to fight me. Like, when I get into an argument with a girl, you know, like a chauvinist would be like, whatever, bitch. But I'm like, oh, no, bitch. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's my attitude. So I think women want to fight me. So I'm a woman deep down. I'm straight, and I'm a woman. I'm, I'm not going to do the Caitlyn Jenner thing. Who's got the time, honestly? It's just too much. So here we are, you know? I went to out of the closet the other day uh, to get, a, get an HIV test. Did you ever do that? They have free HIV tests at out of the closet. Yeah, they do. And the guy did the test, and he goes, the, the results will take 30 minutes. Why don't you just browse around the store for a little while? Yeah. Yeah, now let me embark on the most panic-stricken shopping experience in my entire fucking life. Like, finding stuff I want. I'm just like, if I'm positive, I'm, I'm not buying any of this shit. <laughs> Negative, thank God. Finally got that Gin Blossom CD. I always sort of wanted a little bit. Um, <clears throat> I want to talk about uh, Tinder and how much I hate it. Here's why I hate Tinder. Uh, and I hope that this same thing isn't happening on Grindr. I hope Grindr stayed a little more true to its roots. Uh, but, but Tinder, this is what Tinder's supposed to be. Hey, I don't know you. You don't know me. Let's go have sex in that bathroom like two degenerates. That's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be like a cheap fling, easy bullshit thing. And nobody uses it for that. Everybody is using it now as a real dating site. And it really pisses me off. If you're looking for the person of your dreams, spend $40, invest an hour of your time, go to the eHarmony website, put a little effort into your fucking future, okay? How lazy and entitled are you that you're gonna sit on your couch like, why haven't I met the one yet? Swipe, swipe, swipe. I'm doing all I can. Swipe, swipe. Die alone, you fucking animal. I gotta go. Thanks a lot, everybody. Take care. Have a great night. Take it easy. Gotta Rosa, you guys. Get your lazy asses off Tinder. That's what he's telling you. <laughs> I love that response. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, if you guys are fans of the show, and you've been here before, and you're looking at my shirt, you will know that I like the sport baseball. And I'll tell you the top three reasons why I like the sport baseball. Number one, it's fun. Yes. Number two, it's old. And number three, nobody likes it. That's why I love baseball. And I've been playing baseball in a rec league every Sunday, and I've been telling people about it because it's fun, it's old, and nobody likes it. So I like talking about things that nobody likes. That's my favorite thing. So I will tell people, oh, yeah, I've been playing baseball on Sundays. And then they say, don't you mean softball? Which is my favorite response. <laughs> because there's so much sexism in, in sports that, number one, people are like, yeah, you're, you're a woman, you play softball. So, number one, that's sexist right there. Number two, they're so sexist that they think women are so dumb they don't even know the sport they're actively playing. 
as if I'm on top of a horse going, lacrosse is great! (laughs) So, I bring up baseball, because this next comic is not only a hilarious comic and a friend of the show, she is also the coach of my baseball team, the Coco Pellies. So please, give it up for Alice Wetterland, the skipper. All right. I don't know what she's talking about. Um, (laughs) Not at all. Uh, Yeah, we play in a really great baseball team in a great baseball league, and I also have been playing baseball in the rec leagues for about um, four years, and I always get... All right, softball. You mean softball. And... uh, (laughs) I'm used to it, and I don't really... I'm so used to it that I don't really get... I forget to get offended. Um... And then I think about it, I'm like, oh, it is kind of, and then it is kind of offensive. Because if you think about how, like, even the concept of softball is offensive because it's an easy version of baseball invented for women. And that is only insulting to women when you think about how baseball or softball going to start over. Uh, easy version of baseball invented for women which is insulting if you think about how baseball is already easy. Um, Not a hard sport. Uh, It's known as the fat guy sport for a reason. Um, One of the major problems in MLB baseball right now is dipping with tobacco. That's because you can do a thing while playing baseball. You can just do two things during the game. It's really just the easiest fucking sport. Uh, Women should just play it. I, uh, I was hanging out with some comedy dudes, shooting a sketch, and, as you do when you're a comedy gal. They need a gal every once in a while. And uh, there was a TV on uh, in the room that we were shooting in, and it was playing Bye Bye Birdie. And some, one of the comedy bros was like, yo, what, who's that hottie? And the other comedy bro was like, uh, that's Anne Margaret. Pretty great actress. She used to be really hot. Not now, though. <laughs> And we got to talk about film, so naturally something about Mary came up. And <laughs> same comedy bro goes, oh yeah, that's the movie that, yeah, where Cameron Diaz used to be hot. Not now, though. And I was like, guys, hold on a minute. It's almost as if something is affecting these women over time. <laughs> making them less fuckable to you. We should figure it out. You know, let's make a flow chart. Let's do a think tank since we're here. And that's when, I swear to God, this is going to blow your minds, that that's when, right at that moment, right when we're about to get down to brass tacks, boom, door busts open. It's Cameron D. And she's horny as hell. And she says, I just need to fuck somebody, anybody right now. And I'm going, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Because he, he had just said... So I'm looking at my girl Cam and I'm like, I'll break the ice. Hey, hun, um, so sorry to have to immerse your bubble. Um, the, this is Jake. He works for True TV Comedy Digital, so you probably cross paths. Um, he was just mentioning how you used to be really hot, but not now. Um, so that was really tough. So we had to drive away in her Ferrari with Katy Perry and you know 
I just got an email to sketch. Uh, it's going to take a longer time to edit, so you guys won't be able to see that forever. Ever, you'll never see it. Um, none of these things get made. So anyway, <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm, I'm happy about it. I date around a bit. I'm not dating actively. I'm, I'm in a relationship right now, um, and it's fine to do. I don't like dating, so it's good. I'm dating a musician, which is like su- super hot, because like, I'm really into lending people money. Um, it's like so hot. Ugh. Um, but, uh, but I don't like dating anyway, because dating is scary for women. It's scary for, it's scary for men, too. I mean, going on a first date is terrifying. You know, you're a guy going on a first date. It's like, ah, is she going to like me? You know, and if you're a girl, you're like, ah, am I going to die on my date? So I could just fully die out there. Um, I tell that joke a lot, and I make some people really mad with it, um, you know, because I'm a feminist, and I talk about it, and I've been talking about it on stage for a long time, which makes people, obviously, you know, why would you advocate for half the population? That's bonkers. Uh, Don't do it. Get home safe. But I, so, I talk about it, and people get real mad at me. Less now that Beyonce has said that she's a feminist. You know, she's made it okay. Because it used to be like, oh, you're a feminist. Don't you hate men? And then Beyonce was like, I'm a feminist. Like, oh, well, she doesn't hate men. She was designed by men. So obviously... That's fine. So, um, but I made this guy so mad one time. He sent me an email. Uh, it's like uh, opposite of a fan letter. He said that he hoped I got strangled at my next show. And then he wrote the address of the show. You know, and I'm conflicted, obviously. As a woman, I'm a little frightened. But as a comic, I'm thinking butts in seats. You know what I mean? He's got the address. That's... It's more than I can say for most of my friends. Um, so, they did not like that joke when I performed it last week in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, I actually performed there for, I did a weekend headlining there at uh, a club that was recently voted, voted number one club in the country that should not exist by me. I voted it that. It's a terrible place. Don't go there. Um, but I love going to the South because when you're in the South, you can hear all types of the same kind of music, which is new country. Um, and new country is amazing. It's like a great, if you don't like it, get into it because now it has rap in it. It's great. It's amazing. I guess to make up for how white it is, they started just rapping. And it's the equivalent of dad rap. It's, you know, it's like one step away from, you know, it's like, I'll go down the street and I drink a beer. It's like, it's like mad respect for your moms over there. She gave you her life. She truly cares. It's like you're a dad rapping. The best thing about New Country is that it is, it's all relatable. Every song is like the, basically the same premise, and that premise is, hey, man, I'm just like you. I might be up here singing this song, man, but I don't know fucking shit from shit, because you don't know shit, and I don't know shit. I just fucking, I'll just drink a beer. I don't give a shit. I'll drive down a road, fucking truck, driving down dirt road. You get it, because you're just the same. You're the same type of guy, fucking pant legs on one at a time, two at a time, sometimes. I don't know. I fuck shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm an average, normal, run-of-the-mill American. It's like you're an alien trying to blend in. That's what it sounds like. Just like sitting on the porch, staring at the stars. But not because I'm looking for my family in space. That's not why. All right, why'd you sing that? All right, thanks a lot. You guys have been out there.
she's killing me and very good at baseball, but also killing me. Oh my god, that was very funny stuff. Hello, hi. I just wanted to just see how you guys are doing for a second. It's nice to see you guys. How are you doing? Yes. How was your day? Yeah. What did? I know this has been amazing. I agree. I've been one of the high points. Yeah, among many. I know you're so much more diplomatic than I am. I'm like the rest is much shit. No, these are my good friends, of course. How how are you? I don't remember if I've met them before. Um, <laughs> what did you do today? Uh, I, have a, I have one of the craziest jobs in show business, I would say. What what do you do? I, I work on the <laughs> show. Sure. I'm, I hope that you're about to throw him under a bunch of buses because it's, it's definitely when you're like, I have a you, wait, I have a crazy fucking job. And let me tell you my boss's name. Um, what do you do? I'm the mother confessor, so people write letters. Oh, you screen. And then I toss them to the producers. Yeah. Particular strain of madness they're hoping to do next. Sure, and I hope that they know that you call it madness. (laughs) No, um... Struggling humanity. Yes, 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 struggling humanity. So you help to get the folks... Are there... uh, I have so many questions. (laughs) a finite amount of time in which to live on this earth. Um, wow. Okay. How long have you been doing that? Since the show began. Since the show began. Since and and our 14th year. That, heavens to Betsy. You I have had the same length of career. Yeah. And the same trajectory. That's what I was going to say. Sometimes I'm like... Oh, I can relax. At least I've had the exact same career. I, I will be real with you. I don't know that I've seen the show, and I don't mean that in like a. I just, uh, I don't think I have. Um, he like counsels people one on one, kind of that sort of thing, or sometimes in a group. Sometimes in a group by by particular type of madness. <laughs> Yeah, I know. You're being very nice. I didn't mean to call you out on the word you chose. Um, I'm actually being genuine there. We're human people. Sometimes things come out of our mouth, and then we're like, shit, fuck, I am fired. Um, You can be a very sweet, loving person that ends up in a a mad situation, a difficult situation. Oh, for yes. Oh, you mean mean a person. The situation can be madness. Right, the situation can be utter... Nonsense. And here you are, just, you just walked in there. That's what's happened to me a bunch of times. I've always been just like, I met out with all these women in the same place, and something terrible has come from it. And what, and what, how could I have predicted that? I was like, young Cameron. Older, wiser Cameron's like, no, you spread them out. No, I'm just kidding. I'm a, I'm a one-woman gal. Spread them out is also a funny thing to say about <laughs> women. Um, <clears throat> you just spread them out. <laughs> do you like your job? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I like my colleagues, and uh, I think we do more good than harm. And yeah. <laughs> Be kind to her, you... You terrible people. <laughs> Just judging. That is a good, that's a good way to 
to describe. I think that I think that, I think you won if you like your job and you think you do more good than harm. I think those are the two things. Oh, money. Also, if you get paid to do that job, which I'm assuming he, he pays you. Okay. <laughs> well, what if that's how we found out? We're like, what? You know, that guy's a, a something there. He's like got a lot. It could be. I think he makes a lot of money. I'm saying some controversial things on the show tonight. You know, I'm pretty sure a lot of money. So <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> All these other comics coming out here, they're like pretty poor. I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm glad you like your job. I'm glad you've been sticking with it for 14 years. Let's hear it for this gal. How are you guys doing? I'm assuming you're a little sweetie couple because you're holding hands. We've never met. Uh, you guys are, how long have you been together? Uh, about seven months. About seven months. That explains the hand holding. You just wait pretty soon. No, don't unhold hands. Now you straddle her! No, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> How'd you meet? Work. Work. What do you do for a living? We work for Apple. You work for Apple? What do you do? <laughs> but is it a little bit? Kind of. Technicians. Technicians. Oh, like, um, like, do you work for the big boss guy or do you work like in a store? We work in a retail store. You work in a retail store. Mm-hmm. You're from Seattle, so you work in the one of one of Seattle's finest, one of Seattle's best uh, <laughs> retails uh, Apple stores. Well, interesting. How do you like that? Are people usually furious with you or totally chill? Half and half. You know, yeah. Yeah. Exact opposite ends of the spectrum. Yes. You know what? Let me recommend something to you. Okay. One time I had an uh, Apple appointment and then I showed up and they uh, recognized me, knew who I was and got really red in the face and hugged me. And that's the kind of customer service I was looking for. And now as Apple technicians, all you've got is the opportunity to go to Google people. So what I'm suggesting is that when people have appointments ahead of time, Make sure you know who they are, like home address, social security number, that sort of thing. <laughs> when they walk in the door, yell it at them. Yell at their birthday! <laughs> they will feel special. <laughs> I've been to your mothership also. I've been to Cupertino because there's a, a little... Um... Did you know that's why that's on your phone? Be honest, how long did it take you to figure out why that was on your phone? <laughs> Most people here, because if you look at all the weathers, then one is Cupertino, you're like, I don't think I've ever been there. <laughs> what in the... <laughs> but I've been there, there's a comedy club, like weirdly close to there, which is very... I just mean because Apple owns a lot of the things in this town and then they're I don't know if you guys know this they're a, they're a burgeoning but pretty large and successful company um, they own a lot of things in the town and then there's a comedy club and the comedy club is like very close to it so it's mostly people that work at Apple and are kind of like crabby that you're asking them that 
Because that's the one thing about when you when you go to a comedy club that's in a town where like there's one major industry. Sometimes you just forget because you're like Cupertino. I've been looking. There's apples everywhere. I was walking down the street. I saw a bus, and I knew it was Apple people going to Apple. You guys see that? And then you just forget that like every time they come to a comedy show, people are like, Are you fucking kidding me with this? Is it Apple here or what? You guys full of apples? What is it about Apple? like oh for sh- just shut up about it <laughs> we came here to forget you know? <laughs> and they all smash their screens okay let's hear it for that couple seven months i hope at least seven more in your future a total of 14 months equaling the number of years you've been a so i'm great with numbers now we got one comic left. He is a treasure, a national treasure, a treasure of Los Angeles as well. Angelinos, we love him. He has a new digital series that's going to come out on Comedy Central. They shot it. It's being edited. Maybe it'll come out in October. We're not sure, but you can look for it. Ladies and gentlemen, please, Mr. Matt Bronger. Give it up for Matt. Keep it going for Cameron, huh? And Rhea and the gang. How are you guys doing? Everybody good? All right. What's going on? Mother confessor. Thank you. Thank you. God, that name is amazing. What a cool title. It sounds like somebody you'd run from in Game of Thrones. For your offenses, you must face the mother confessor. No! No! Sounds so serious. You're such a sweetheart. Um, speaking of which, I don't know what Joe's talking about. I can whack it and finish it anywhere. Like anywhere. Anywhere. Right now in front of all of you. And that would not turn me on. Do you understand? But I could do it. How many hotel sinks I've spoiled in my life? It's at the right height. It's of convenience. It's not a turn-on. Go about my day with all this shit on my brain, you know? Just get even, right? Just get normal. Not, not even like revenge. I'll show you, sink. Not like that. Just get even with the world, you know? Even out. That's the term I should have used. Even out. Like, I don't get it like, anywhere, you know? Yeah, hospitals are the worst. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Done. Just go somewhere else. Land of imagination. Oh, okay, so when, my name is Matt Bronger, if you want to write that down. Um, it's a German. It's not a name that rolls off the tongue at all. At all. It's not phonetically pleasing. Matt Bronger. Like, nothing's exotic or fun or normal or, you know, even memorable. For some reason. It's strange, you know? It's a German name. Every teacher I ever had growing up would say the same thing when they heard my name. Bronger. Good German name. Good German name. That's a, that's a good German name. You know, when you're a kid, you're a dick. And so I was just like, oh, you've one of their bad German names? And I got older, I was like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of fucking bad German names. There's a ton. There's no Ricky Himmler going to high school anywhere. You know, no one's in line buying a plane ticket. Like, yeah, uh, it's uh, Matthew uh, Goebbels. 
Yeah, the Angel of Death. Same, same name. I don't know why the fuck we kept that name. Change to Gerber. <laughs> it's a baby food. Not a murderer of millions. Too soon? Hey, guys. It is shitty, though, right? Making jokes about that with a German name. It ends right there. Walk off stage. Good night. But you got to try things. You got to make mistakes. Life is about making mistakes, you know? I'm going to show you one right now. See this tattoo right here? See that? Got one that, when I was 19. You, you can tell what that is? What team that is? Detroit, right? Yeah. Nope. That's a B. That's a B for Bronger. Nice work, asshole. Not Detroit. You ever seen a gothic letter B before now? Mm-mm. Don't think you have. Do not think you have. It's not the city of Bompton. Like, that's the last time you saw gothic lettering was anything to do with NWA. And I got a fucking B? Really? How many times I've gone swimming and someone's going, yeah, lions. And I'm like, no, me. My name. I'm a winner. I might as well put itch underneath it. It's so ridiculous. A B, really? Everybody thinks it's a D, like to this day, you know? At least I didn't get a Tasmanian devil, though. That's the most common cartoon tattoo of our age. Even now, you know, of all the, like the, all the Warner Brothers cartoons, that's the one. Why? Because he's crazy. I just come through the wall and fuck shit up. That's Taz, right? <laughs> But he's always doing untaz-like things, like spinning a basketball. He would eat it. It'd just be gone. Just, just cotton and twine flying everywhere. You know? And rubber. Or holding a shotgun. He doesn't need a gun. He is a gun. Like, he just goes through walls and people. Just flying around, slobbering. That's why I want to get a full back tattoo of Tasmanian Devil. But sitting on a toilet, crying. Okay? But he's got pants on. The toilet's closed. You know, he's got like a shirt tucked into his pants. And the toilet's closed because that, that's where you go to cry when you have a family and you don't want them to know, right? Taking a shit. <laughs> Why? And it's got to be a full back tat so you can see the note left on the ground, right? It says, Dear Taz, I've tried as hard as I could and I love our child and you, but I can't take your anger anymore. Love, Suzanne. Like a Dear Taz letter. Just so I can go swimming at one of those douchey Las Vegas party pools in the middle of the day and some bro swims over the Bud Light like, fucking Taz! Oh, no. Shit. Oh, I'm so sad now. I'm fucking sad. <laughs> oh, why can't I tell my friends I'm gay? A couple criteria for tattoos. I think uh, they have to be stupid, funny, uh, have something to do with you and your life, and piss off your mom. Those are my four criteria. Like, I saw a friend of mine uh, named Dax had a tattoo of barbed wire around his arm that spelled out the words, I'm cool. Wow. Are you fucking kidding me? That's the reverse of the Taz thing. You see it, you're like, what a douche. You get close, you're like, can I be your friend for the rest of our lives? 
Like, that's amazing. So I figure, you know, I, I want to get something that's, that, that's stupid but funny and it means something to me and pisses off my mom. And my parents are both teachers. They're very smart. I fell pretty far from that tree. Uh, but a couple things they, they, they instilled in me, and one was uh, the love of reading. Like, I always have to have a book. I always have to be reading something. When I was younger, I'd be reading, like, four or five books at a time and forgetting four and a half of them. It's not smart. Um, but I just have to read. I was that. I was a, I was a very, uh, you know, young reader, but I was also that kid who spoke very well at a very young age. Like, I'd answer the door as a toddler and be like, hello, sir, madame, my parents are in the kitchen having an aperitif. They're like, shit. And I'd walk away and crap my pants. Oh, you ruined it. Is he reading Lolita? Jesus Christ. Nabokov? Jane, really? Wow. You know? So I decided, my mom's like a, a, a big grammar Nazi. Like, she sees a, a billboard... Uh, that's spelled wrong. She's like, to her, it's like seeing a Nazi symbol to most people, you know? And so the tattoo I'm going to get is just two words, just books, good. That's it. (laughs) Hulk-like books. Books, good. So my mom's like, there's an R in the middle. Come on. I, uh, 12 years ago, uh, chose to drink and drive and was arrested for it. Um, And, uh, no, come on, keep it down. No, don't clap. Um, it's, always, it's always a stupid mistake, but I, would, I, would, I had just left Chicago where I never got in a car for six years, you know? Uh, unless a friend was driving, I, or it was a cab, like, or I just took cabs, trains, and buses, and just drank the day and the night away like you do in Chicago. And so I went to visit my parents for two weeks before moving to Los Angeles and went out drinking with a friend and got busted and was sentenced by the courts basically to do this deferral program that I couldn't do in Chicago or L.A. I had to do it in Portland. So I was, in effect, sentenced by the courts to live with my parents for four months as an adult. Yeah, and I had to, like, like basically was moving home without moving home. Like, every neighbor I grew up around just raking the lawn, like, huh, looks like young Matt, things didn't work out for him. Like, no, I drove drunk, and now I'm fucking forget it. Whatever you're going to believe. <laughs> Damned if I do. But I have been uh, hilarious a lot in my life, but unintentionally hilarious as much as intentionally. Like, I have a face and head and body that have made people that don't speak English laugh at me <laughs> on stage. Doing serious plays in college. This is not a joke. You got an abortion? <laughs> I'm not joking. That got a laugh from my friend's Hispanic mother. Anyway, I think the time I was most unintentionally hilarious was that night. Because I went drinking with a friend of mine and got my mom's car. And I'm driving, you know, and I'm like going, I go, oh, no, I'm, I'm in control of this vehicle. The fuck am I doing? So I slowed down to about seven miles per hour. And I was looking for the cops in the rear view. But every time I looked, so did my hand. Just doing this. Weaving, Right. Cops' lights came on. Like, they must have been like, it's like Christmas. Are you kidding me? This easy? But I hit that wave of drunkenness where you think everything is wonderful and nothing will get you down. So the cops pulled me over and knocked on the window, and I went, hey, guys! Yelled, hey, guys, at the cops. One guy was tall and skinny. Other guy was short and fat. Tall, skinny guy looks away, because I can tell he's trying not to laugh. Like, he's just checking my tire out. Like, what's that over there? 
sir. Now the other cop was just like, fuck this guy. Like he's unclipping the, <laughs> the gun button, you know, like free that up. Free that up just in case. Would love to put two in this kid. So tall cop, tall cop goes, yeah, have, you, have you been drinking tonight, sir? And I went, yep. I responded as if he was like, do you need a beer? Because we got some in the car. Like he was asking if I'd had enough. Drink up, buddy. And he goes, okay, uh, what have you had, sir? And I said this, literally, some beers and wines. Some beers and wines. Like several varietals of wines, sir. What sort of wines have you had? Dark ones, light ones, a nice Pinot? Perhaps a heavy Barolo tonight. The cop does this, like he's like, he's like, oh, I'm fed up, but I can see his lips shaking. I can tell he's laughing. So get out. And he's like, let's see, test the sobriety test. Stand on one foot, sir. And I went, like right away, Fosse lost it right there. Just blew the test. Matador that shit. Put me in the car, take me downtown, mugshot. They put a wristband on me that had my mugshot on it and put me on the bench with all the other suspects. I sat down, looked around, saw my face and my wristband and went, fucking cool. How I wasn't knifed right then. At least had my windpipe stove in. I don't know. Next hour, I was in a blackout, but I must have been really particularly obnoxious because they left me in a cell by myself, cuffed behind my back. Not in the front like a gentleman, behind. And I decided right then I was an escape artist and I wasn't more than half legs. <laughs> got this far and couldn't get back up at all. Just duck walking, totally trapped. Last thing I'll say, tall cop walks by the cell and looks as if he's just noticing me and waits till he catches my eyes and goes, well, what happened here? Like you'd say to a toddler that finger painted his whole bedroom. Thanks guys, don't drink and drive. Have a good night. Amazing. He is more than half legs. He is more than half legs. <laughs> Guys, that's been a great show. That's, that's been a great show. Guys, this has been a great show. This. Let's hear it for all the comics you've seen today. It's a fun one. We're here every Tuesday night. I'm Cameron Esposito. I'm Rhea Butcher. Thank you guys so much for coming out. Have a great rest of your night. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Hey, 
Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. Ah! Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.